This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado that carries brands such as Engineer Garments, Visvim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, ranging from under-the-radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club, Timothy Grindle, on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram, as well as in the weekly newsletter. The team over at Canoe Club has been very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere people consume podcasts. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Hello, I'm Alexander Walker of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, then thank you for taking the time to check us out. Fashion Collective Podcast is a place for creatives to learn, share, collaborate, and support each other. Each week, you'll get in-depth interviews with creators talking about their creative process, inspirations, giving advice, and sharing their opinions on the major topics within the industry. Our mission is to create a space for creatives. If you enjoy the content in this series, please check out our other weekly series, such as the News Roundup and Deep Dive. Also, if you have the time, I would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, how's it going, Zoe? It's great. How are you? Good. Excited to have you on the podcast to, you know, share more about what you've been up to in your journey and get into it today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me. Uh, Before we kind of get into everything, can you just share just a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am currently the sales manager for Wholesale at Marnie USA. So um, I think a lot of people don't really know what wholesale is because they think about fashion and they think about all the really glamorous parts. Um, but wholesale is basically like the middleman between the designer and every store that sells a brand. So if you were to walk into any store in the US, Canada or Mexico that sells Marnie, it sells Marnie because I sold it to their buyers. So it's kind of this crazy it's an interesting job for sure it's a little bit of creativity a little bit of business analytics money all that fun stuff get to dabble here and there um, i've been with marnie for ooh, let's see it'll be four years in may full time and then i also interned with marnie the two summers leading up to that so sort of like a very long six years yeah you know, moving into, you know, segment one, how would you describe your personal style? Are you like always in Marnie or, you know, how would you describe it? 
I think recently I'm definitely wearing more Marnie than I probably ever did before. I think when I, I mean, of course, when I was an intern or just started working at Marnie, I could not afford Marnie. Marnie is not cheap. It's still not cheap. And I always loved it, but didn't have the opportunity to really wear it. And I think that when I did wear it, I was wearing it because I felt like I had to, unless because I really wanted to, you know, during sales appointments or whatnot. And now I've really grown to love it. And I have so many pieces that it's like, I can wear the same thing with five different outfits and it's not like recycling anymore. But I would say my, my personal style, it has definitely evolved over time. Thank God for that. Because I think if I was still wearing some of the stuff I wore in high school or college, it would, it would not, not, be, not be great for me. What, what um, are we, what are we talking about? What were you wearing in those oh early man, years? I don't even like infinity scarves do you remember those they were horrible. yeah <laughs> i think like i specifically had the same one from american apparel in like eight different colors and i would wear them in the summer with like shorts <laughs> and a t-shirt and people would look at me funny and i thought no i'm just an icon um you just don't, don't understand it <laughs> yeah you just don't understand it i'm on another level um and then i realized like no I was the one who had lost my mind. So thank God that I'm not wearing infinity scarves anymore. Although, I mean, if you want to wear one, it's it's not a bad thing, but maybe like better for warmth and less for actual style. But yeah, I mean, now I think I'm like a big proponent of mixing high and low in terms of fashion. I think like wearing all designer is kind of boring, in my opinion. Um, Like, you know, when you see somebody who's literally decked out in the full runway look, like you look cool, but you didn't put any thought into it. You just literally copied it. And so it really like I could be wearing, for example, I have a dress from Walmart that was $13. And it's one of my favorite dresses. And I don't typically admit that. Like I wear that with designer boots and it is cute and nobody even questions it. So I think it's more about wearing what you want to wear, what you feel good in. i I don't dress myself to look good for other people and nobody should. It's for you. It's for what you feel good in. Definitely. That's great advice. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, come to realize as they grow in their style, you know, moving into segment two, you know, what have you been obsessed with lately? This can be, you know, movies, TV shows, books, articles. You know, what have you been into? Oh, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but TikTok. I'm obsessed with TikTok. I... First of all, TikTok is a black hole for anybody that's listening that does not have TikTok. Do not download it. If you want to be productive in your day, do not download it. I made the mistake during COVID, like back in, I guess a year ago, like in April last year, I finally just downloaded it. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's not going to ruin my life. It'll be fine. I was trying to learn the dances, which by the way, I cannot do. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) You know, the reason why I'm so obsessed with it is these little, not not to say, I shouldn't say it like that. The Gen Zers are so creative. And right. I don't, I don't remember being that creative when I was in high school. I mean, maybe I was, but I think like, it's so crazy because obviously social media, I was, I graduated high school in 2013, which I know is not that long ago, but in 2013, like we had instagram and we had vine and like vine was vine, cool. vine was the was tiktok before tiktok vine was it i miss vine uh but it was six seconds yeah. you know R. I. P. you could get creative but it couldn't be it didn't take all your your time away you know and tiktok 
I have just recently started getting into actually making TikToks and it is exhausting. I mean, it's rewarding sometimes, but it's also, it, I don't know how they do it. There's so much, like, I don't understand technology well enough. I don't know. I like, I know I'm on the young side of the millennials, but I think I have some technological tendencies that put me at the top of the millennial age range. I just, <laughs> I can't figure it out. I'm working on it. We'll, we'll get it together. You know, what do you think about the millennial versus Gen Z, you know, war that's happening on TikTok, it seems like? That's a hot topic. Listen, I think, okay, well, first of all, I need to set it straight that I wear a middle part and I do not wear skinny jeans. However, I am not <laughs> a Gen I am not a Gen Z. Um, I think that it's there are some things that the Gen Zers say that are in the little wars are, are very funny, like the fact that they're calling yoga pants flared leggings i mean come on they've been yoga pants forever you didn't discover them but i don't think that there needs to be a war you know i think like we're starting to learn that there are some really smart of course in every generation there's really smart and creative people and in the gen zers i mean they're they're proving themselves against their tide pod phase i think so i think we could instead of it being a war like we could probably learn from each other a little bit but i don't know who's gonna put up the white flag first we'll see i mean tiktok is definitely the algorithm is like so good you end up spending you know two hours before you even notice like whoa do you know how much stuff i've learned on tiktok like i am about to be 26 years old and there are things that i learned that i don't i would have never probably known i don't know i can't think of one off the top of my head in this moment but there are definitely things where they're where they teach i've i've learned so much i've learned so much oh like ice trays this is going to be hard to explain without like actually holding an ice tray or seeing one. But ice trays literally have dips in the corners so that whenever you or there's like flat spots in between each little um, hole for the ice. And if you put the water faucet on that, it fills up the things perfectly. So you don't have to dump at the end. Oh, wow. I've, I've been I didn't know that either. <laughs> I, I just learned that recently. So I don't know. I apparently have been doing ice trays wrong, but here we are. That's one of the but things, yeah, I, think- I mean, sometimes the magic of magic of TikTok, you know, you learn something new, you know, anything else you've been into lately? You know, so I actually, we just finished a sales campaign uh, a week and a half ago. And during sales campaigns, I truly don't have time for existence beyond eating, sleeping and working. <laughs> yeah. um, so I haven't really, I haven't like watched any shows or read any books although I'm gonna admit I'm not a reader which is ironic because I was a writing major in college which requires a lot of reading uh but I'm 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 not a reader I wish I was I guess if anything like I've been spending my free time this is so boring but working out because you know hot girl summer's coming up you gotta be prepared so do you go to a gym or do you doing home workouts so I this is so unfortunate. I signed up for Equinox in March of last year for timing. And like, obviously in New York City, you have to sign up for a year long membership and they make it impossible to get out of it. You know, you have to either prove that you moved out of state and you have like no Equinox gyms in that area, or you have to prove that you're really sick and have to have a doctor's note. I mean, it's really ridiculous the stuff that you have to do to get out of a gym membership. So I was a member for about two, three weeks before the city went into lockdown. And then I actually started running, which is not fun, but a little bit rewarding. So I am trying to be better at running. Somehow I got sucked into a 
365 mile challenge for the year like last year the challenge (laughs) yeah no yeah it's I am 35 miles in like I'm screwed um (laughs) it's a lot of catching up to do (laughs) there's a lot of catching up to do last year it was 200 and I did 80 of those 200 miles in the last two months of the year and it was horrible it was so horrible I was in so much pain that I didn't run for a month after that because I'm like I'm not a runner I mean to runners I'm sure 80 miles is nothing they can do it in three weeks but for me uh it's not great so I've just I I got out of my membership sort of I got lucky so basically the gym shut down for five months and they didn't make me pay for those months and they counted those towards my 12 months of my membership so I only had to pay you know for a couple of the months and that was it so it it ended in February and I have since been working out at home I have a workout app that I love and like a yoga subscription that I use and it's it's just easier you know it feels really silly obviously Equinox is astronomical with its pricing so it feels really silly to spend the money for a gym that you have to schedule time to go to exactly you know moving into you know segment three you know rapid fire giving your quick opinion i think i want to just get your quick opinion on the shoe that seems to be all over the internet the marnie green calf hair loafers you know yeah what are your thoughts on it it's so funny because when they were introduced into the collection i mean i looked at them and i thought like oh these are kind of crazy but I didn't think that anything would happen with them. So like that shoe actually is a, a super iconic shoe for Marnie. The Fusbet is is the name of the original sort of format of it. It's a sandal um, with like a crisscross leather strap and a, a buckle on the back of the ankle. It's been around forever. It was basically designed with the inspiration of like a tire. So the bottom of it actually looks like a tire from a car. And then the top is like this super ergonomic footbed. And we just a couple of seasons ago decided to turn this footbed and the sole into a clog. I mean, I don't know why it took so long to figure that out, but we did. And so we started playing with it. And we had, before we even introduced it in the calf hair, we had it just in leather. And then we had this calf hair version that sort of blew up. And it's funny because even our buyers in the US, only three stores bought the shoe because everybody right. thought it was crazy, you know? And then obviously, shout out to Lil Uzi in future, Marnie on me blew up and we can't keep the damn shoes in stock. So they they come in three colors, pink, green, and black. I will definitely say green has been the number one color. Pink is number two. Black is number three. We literally cannot keep them in stock. We've uh, made some reorders. So all you Marnie fans out there, new sizes are going to be hitting our Marnie boutiques in end of nice. April, early May. So you can get your hands on those. But they're super comfortable and they're really lightweight. I almost bought them a couple of weeks ago, but... I have a very popular shoe size, so even I can't get them. I think maybe wow. once they hit the stores again, I'll, I'll, I'll try to buy them. But I also can't decide the color. Like black seems the most practical, but it's also calf hair. So who needs practical when you're buying a calf hair shoe anyway? Uh, get the green. Or yeah, pink. I know. I think that um, it's not going to be the last of that shoe. We'll be seeing it for a while. I don't know if Definitely. it'll always be in calf hair. It'll be in different leathers um i'm sure i wouldn't be surprised if a shearling version is coming um i think that there will be a lot of additions of the shoe for sure so i would keep an eye out for them okay i definitely will be uh, i really want to get a pair you know moving into the main topic just like your career and everything you know starting from the very beginning you know what initially kind of got you interested in fashion um okay so i 
That's a hard question. I don't, I actually don't know. I grew up in North Carolina. Obviously, if anybody knows anything about North Carolina, it's not a huge fashion scene. If there is any fashion, I would say it's like very preppy, uh, which is so super, super not my style. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not what I'm into. But I think, you know, I don't want to give her all the credit, but like I watched America's Next Top Model a lot growing up. I think that that had to do with it. I really, growing up, really wanted to be a model, actually. But I'm only 5'7", which, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, was not not a possibility. You know, like, models were not 5'7". Kate Moss was the only one. Um, and so I never really had a career take off on that. So I think I always decided, like, you know what? Fine, I'm not going to be a model, but I'm going to be in the industry. And so I, I started paying attention. You know, I flipped through all the magazines. I read all the magazines. Uh, my favorite designer growing up was Alexander McQueen. And okay, nice. yeah, I remember the exact moment I found out that he had passed. I was actually at boarding school because I don't know why I, ch- I chose, I chose to go to boarding school for a year. I don't, don't ever do that. Like it's not, it, maybe there are cool boarding schools, but mine was, it was nice, I guess, but definitely not for me. Um, Where it was, was it parents at? Weekend. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina. So it's actually called okay. American Hebrew Academy. It was a it was a Jewish boarding school. There were a total of 160 kids. Wow. Which like I have nothing to hide. I'm very much an open book. Like you can ask me anything, but everybody knew all of your business. And you know, I have a I still have a couple of really great friends from there, but I don't think I'll be sending my kids to boarding school. But yeah, so I remember like I was at boarding school and it was parents' weekend, and your parents have to go to your classes with you. And I'm sitting in like Judaic studies or some shit like that. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on no, here. You're good. But my mom literally leans over while my teacher is talking and like taps my knee. And she's like, oh my God, Zoe, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, you forgot to tell me what? And she said, Alexander McQueen died. My class is 14 people. And I'm just like, tears are streaming down my face. Everyone's looking at me like, what the hell just happened to her? Um, and I literally had just found out that my idol had died and my mom's the damn MVP because the next year when the, when the exhibit opened at the Met, she right, pulled yeah. me out of school. She was randomly like, I came home from school one day and she was like, tomorrow we're going to New York. I was like, what? She goes, tomorrow we're going to New York just for the day. We're going to the Met. And my mom really balled out. She flew, we flew to New York and she, <laughs> she signed up for like the, the, whatever the most uh, special fancy membership at the Met is so that we could skip the line, which at the time was like a six hour line. And yeah. And so we went and did the whole thing. And then we ate in the restaurant because we had the membership and then we got home and she canceled the membership, which I know is probably really bad, but it was, it was beautiful. But yeah. So I think like I paid a lot of attention to designers and, and magazines. I always had family in New York. My mom would bring me every summer to go school shopping in, in New York back when it was like boutiques before all the big box stores really existed. I just always loved it. I always felt like people just really could dress here and nobody had that originality in North Carolina. So I just, yeah, I don't know. So when did you realize, okay, this love and passion for the industry, I, I actually want to work within it. You know, when did that come? I think forever. I mean, I, you know, every kid goes through phases where they want to do other things. Like, this is super creepy, but for a long time, I wanted to be a coroner. I don't know why. I think like that one episode on Magic School Bus where they shrink and go into the body was, <laughs> it got my <laughs> attention. I was like, damn, that's cool. The inside of a body seems 
fun, but like, I don't want to be responsible for your life. So I'm going to be a coroner. Somehow that was my thought process. I don't know. Thank God I didn't become a coroner. Obviously complete opposite from fashion. But I think, you know, as far as back as I can remember, aside from that little stint, I really, I really wanted to work in fashion. I've always really loved clothes and I don't think I knew what I wanted to do in fashion. I still don't think I know what I want to do in fashion, but it changed a lot. Like I obviously I went to college for writing. I was going to, I thought I was going to be a fashion writer, you know, for a magazine or for a website. And I've written for a few things here and there, but I never ended up, you know, I did like my own blog and wrote my own pieces there, but I don't think that's the thing that I want to do. Like it was fun for a little bit, but it, it has changed a lot. So obviously like I wanted to be a model. I think maybe like shortly I, I had a period where I wanted to be a designer and then, you know, I wanted to write. So it's always sort of revolved around fashion, just not necessarily a specific career path. And like for wholesale, I honestly fell into it. To be completely honest, nobody chooses to be in wholesale. Anybody who's in wholesale is in wholesale because they fell into it. Most people don't know about the wholesale sector until they're actually working in fashion. Yeah. And then how have you liked it? I mean, you said that you kind of like using both the analytical side and also getting to have a little bit of, you know, the creative you know aspect. To yeah. It. You know, there are good days and bad days for sure. I think for me, like I'm a, I'm a very creative person and the majority of my days consist of like Excel spreadsheets and emails and checking stock and that type of thing which is is fine. I'm I'm building like really amazing relationships with my buyers and my clients and and different people. And then there are times like obviously the most exciting part of working in wholesale is number one traveling to see your different buyers in your different stores all over the country, all over the world. And then the second thing is sales campaigns. I mean, whenever anybody who works in wholesale who sells a collection to somebody is also low-key a stylist because they have to be able to say like you know, this store is coming in and their clientele looks like XYZ and the type of stuff that they like is, you know, pink, red, purple. And then you go into that showroom and you, you know, they could pick something up and be like, I like this, but not have something to go back with it. And you put together the outfit that you're going to show them on the model and they could walk out and then the buyer decides, oh, I want this whole fit. Like this whole fit looks good. So I think that for me, that's the most exciting part i always have been very interested in styling um but i think styling is intimidating in new york a little bit just a little bit you know i mentioned earlier that i've been really obsessed with tiktok and i've been trying to do like styling videos on tiktok by the way i'm gonna shout out my name it's cheeks lee c-h-e-e-k-s-l-e-i-g-h on tiktok and i've like been trying to style different things that i wouldn't normally style just to like figure it out And it's so funny because I kind of, I know this is going to sound crazy. I sort of view my own style as like somewhat basic. It's basic to me. Like I look at other people, you know, like bloody Osiris. I I don't wear anything that even remotely touches what he wears and he looks incredible. Um, But he is like super, you know, high fashion. That's not my style. He looks awesome, but that's not my style. So like I tend to consider my style as being very basic. Not like, basic bitch basic but basic and I've learned from posting some of my TikToks that people think that like I dress really well Uh, not to like to my own horn but like maybe I should probably pursue that a little bit more so I think 
I do definitely want to get into styling a bit more than I have been for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I came across your page, I always thought, wow, this person, she has a really great style. So I definitely think it's something you should pursue and, you know, look into. Uh, yeah, would there ever be, you know, possibilities of doing this within Marnie or would this be like an outside project or? Yeah. You know, Marnie's a really small company. I think, you know, you think about Marnie, for those who don't know, Marnie is part of OTB Group, which is a, a fashion company that it owns Diesel, D Squared, Margiela, MM6, uh, Just Cavalli, Cochet, Marnie, and most recently, Jill Sander. Yeah. So it's, you know, we're like this little fashion company, but we're, we're it seems big because of all these brands, obviously. Um, however, like it's really small. For example, my, at least in the US, it is. In Italy, our office is huge. That's where our headquarters is. It's our Milan office is massive. There's probably two to 300 people there. But in New York, like my just Marnie is one, two, six people. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. So it's a teeny tiny. I mean, pre COVID, it was 10. It's not really a huge difference. You know, it's, it, it's a very small company. It's a tiny team. And for example, like on our floor in our office, Cochet, Just Cavalli, D Squared, Margella, MM6, and Marnie all sit together. Like we all sit on the same floor. It's really interesting, actually, because you'll walk to the Marnie side and everybody's wearing big, bold, bright colors and prints. And then you walk to the Margella side and like the closest thing you get to a print is like a blue and white pinstripe. Um, <laughs> so it, it is, it is interesting, but I think, you know, being that our company is small, we do have I do have the ability to kind of, you know, dip my toe into different things that I wouldn't be able to do if I was working in a really huge company. For example, obviously we talked about the calf hair, the mules, our friends at Mule Boys, we just, you know, sent them oh, a PR. Noah. Yeah, exactly. Gene's actually going to be so, on. He's awesome. I, I have never had the opportunity to meet Gian, but Noah actually interned at Marnie um, years oh, yeah, ago. He did, yeah. Yeah, so we interned together. That's how I know Noah. But they're they're awesome. Like everything that they do is so incredible, and it's it's so fun to watch them grow. It you know when they started their Instagram page, it was like sort of a joke, and I remember it only having like four hundred followers, and now it's it's a it's a mu a movement, or as they would say, a mulement. You know, uh, but you know I've gotten to do some cool things. I have a very close relationship with my CEO and I, I know that that's not normal, but I'm very lucky to have it. So I've been able to kind of make suggestions and say like, Hey, can we do this for this person? You know, like those, we sent those guys, the furry, the lime green mules. And like, I packaged it really cute. And like, I did a hand drawn pictures for them for their packages. And like, that was a really fun little outlet for me. So even though like I'm by no means on a PR or marketing team, I was able to use a little bit of creativity to do that. And that's something that I really love about Marnie. Like I know the merchandising team, the designer knows who I am, like not closely, obviously, but if I were to walk into the showroom in Italy, Francesco would recognize me. He would shake my hand. We would talk about his dog, whose name is George. He's very cute. Uh, but it's like, it's a small, it's a small company. We're like a family, which I don't think you find that everywhere. Yeah. You definitely don't find that. And I guess that's really great about working at Marnie. I mean, what do you see yourself moving towards going forward? Like, what should people be keeping an eye out for from Marnie as a brand and what you have coming down the pipeline? Yeah. Um, well, Marnie is, we're definitely having a really great moment right now. Um, again, like, I don't know how much of that has to do with Lil Uzi in future. I think probably a, a 
nice little portion <laughs> of it. Um, at least on the men's side, our men's business has grown tremendously. I mean, like it's insane, you know, but I also think that Marnie is a brand that it's not so specific, you know, like I have men's clients buying women's clothing and, and women's clients buying men's clothing because it's meant to, you know, you can wear it however you like. Marnie is very much a, a company where um, they want you to express, you know, your own freedom in, in style and in fashion. So I, I think that that's something that's that's really nice. And we'll, we'll continue to kind of see that flow maybe more naturally into the coming seasons. I, I don't, you know, I don't know, like for me, I'm not going anywhere right now. That's for sure. I'm definitely, I'm at Marnie to stay for the long run, but I have a, a great team. My boss, um, Bethany Bernard, she's the VP of wholesale is like the most amazing mentor that I could ask for. And I've been very lucky to have her. Also, Monica Voltolina, our CEO that I mentioned earlier, super lucky to have her. You know, I think we definitely have some growth coming. I'm hoping that, you know, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time that Marnie's having a moment during a pandemic, because obviously it's a blessing in the sense that like, if it didn't happen, could our business have, you know, really struggled as most brands are struggling at the moment. Um, But at the same time, it sucks. Like I, I wish everybody was out shopping and buying all, all of the Marnie things. And like they're buying a lot of th- a lot of things are being sold out for sure, but not to the extent that obviously we would love to see for business. But I think you know as people start shopping again, it'll it'll sort of grow. I think what we're seeing is fun. People are becoming more spontaneous in the way that they're dressing, more fun, less serious. We're seeing a lot yeah. of big bright colors and prints. I think across the board, to be honest, aside from, you know, the certain, you know, brands like Rick and Margiela, you know, like you're not going to Rick or Margiela to buy bold colors. You're buying, you know, your, I don't want to say classics, but sort of your classics, you know, your neutrals. And I think that we're, we're finding that people are really interested in investing in the special pieces because they've been bored and at home. And now that they're going out, they're like, I want to walk out my door and say, hello world, I'm here look at my outfit. I look great. Um, and I think, you know, Marnie continues to kind of provide that type of aesthetic and I can't see that changing anytime soon. I always loved, you know, Marnie's like, like the knits you guys do is just amazing. I actually, I have my moment there you go. <laughs> right now. I had nice. it on and then after like 10 minutes of wearing it, it's a little too humid today. I, I had to take it off, but you know, something that we're really well known for is our knits for sure. I mean, especially our, our mohair moment that we're having, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are really big lovers of, of our mohair uh, stripes, which I'm sure most people are familiar with at this point, you can do them in cardigans or as crewnecks and they're on the men's and the women's side in all the colors. So we've seen a lot of people kind of buying those interchangeably as well. I, I lucked out. I got mine at one of our sample sales. It's actually the exact one that Kid Cudi wore on the front of Complex. Uh, oh, really? which I'm excited about, which I think that shoot was styled by Corey Stokes. So shout out to Corey Stokes. I love him. He's yeah. the high snob guys. I don't know. They, they make some good ones over there, but they, uh, he's a big fan of Marnie. He has probably more of these mohair knits than he would be proud to admit, but um, they're so good. They last forever. And I cannot wear itchy things like truly i can't wear a wool coat that's lined in silk or satin i can still feel the the wool and it itches me um 
but I wear mohair sweaters with short sleeves and I'm totally fine. So it truly is soft because I think, you know, people are very turned off by mohair sometimes, but not the Marnie ones. Um, we really work very hard on our, our knits. We're also super well known for our cashmere, sort of like our color block cashmere knits. And um, especially over the last year was a great time for knitwear. Knitwear, activewear, Marnie's not so much like your activewear, your sweatpants, that type of thing. We've dabbled a little with like cashmere sets, but like our knitwear, it sold so well in this last year. It's like all this sold, but <laughs> you know, it sold. Yeah. And then also I feel like um, your store locations, especially in New York, are really great places to go and shop and you really get to see the brand in its full glory. Uh, I know it's been kind of put on pause or been different over the course of the last year or so. Yeah. So for our actual Marnie boutiques, like our retail Marnie stores, an interesting thing to know about the locations, uh, which I really sort of identify with personally, but basically the person, the original creator of Marnie, Consuelo Castiglione, she really loved locations that were like sort of in popular areas, but slightly off the beaten path. So you're not going to walk down the main street and see it you're going to stumble across it or you're going to seek it out, which I think is kind of cool. It sort of has this like little rebellious air, you know, like you could be on Broadway, you could be on Broadway next to Prada, but instead you're on Mercer sort of tucked away by Mercer Hotel, you know? And I think it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, it it goes along with the brand quite a bit. Like we have logoing for sure, but most of our logoing is very subtle. And I think that our stores sort of have that same vibe to them like they're there they're beautiful they're appreciated by the people who truly know about the brand and truly care about the craftsmanship but it's not like in your face here's the morning store come shop here like you're there because you appreciate it um, and I think that that's something that's really really special we also have a Marnie boutique on Madison Avenue I actually can't tell you what street what the cross street is I can't remember um, which is probably not the greatest. And then we also have one on Gansvort, um, which is super cool. So that is our meatpacking store. Um, it was originally like our largest men's location in New York, um, but it has recently been converted over to a Marnie market space, which is, okay. Uh, it's incredible. Like if you have the opportunity to go, you should go. They do like chairs, hand all hand woven chairs, bags, sculptures lamps um like sort of houseware oh. type pieces yeah they're incredible and they they're really nice you know like collector's pieces and like the bags i have you know one of the woven bags i think it was like 150 dollars. like it's really great price point it's fun it's bright so it's really that's a cool spot to hit up for sure and then like my clients there's so many of them in new york it's insane but DSM. you know <laughs> exactly DSM, which we love, you guys. Um, we're also in DSM LA. You know, we have Nordstrom, Bergdorf, kind of all those big guys, and then a lot of little boutiques as well. So, you know, I think there's a lot of diversity. I think for people who have never been into a Marnie showroom, the collection is massive. Like I'm talking 800 SKUs, massive. Yeah. And how is it managing that? I mean, that has to be a lot. You know, it's hard. I think obviously my team, Bethany and I have a, we know our clients so well. We have a really good idea when we walk into the showroom of like, okay, this is going to be for this person. This is going to be for this person. There are good things and bad things about a large collection. The good thing is 
you can go into five different stores across the U.S. that carry Marnie and find completely different pieces. Maybe the same shape, but in different color, different fabrication, different print, or just literally completely different pieces. However, from a production standpoint, it sucks having a large collection because, you know, obviously there are minimums. Like I mentioned earlier, Marnie has this perception of being a really large company when in reality, it's it's still pretty small, which means, you know, there are minimums for production and they're higher than they would be if we were talking about Prada or Gucci or Saint Laurent, I don't know. So, you know, you'll get halfway through a sales campaign and something that half of America picked, nobody else in the world picked. And then they tell us that it's been canceled from production. So there are good things and bad things. Definitely the the best thing about it is that there's diversity within the within the collection, you know. We have to think about the fact that at one time of the year it might be cold in Russia and hot in New York and in in yeah. America. And you need to be able to cater to both. So it's a challenge for sure, but you learn to get crafty and you figure it out. Um, but it's nice for our stores. It's definitely nice for our stores. Cause then when there is crossover, especially Obviously, our, our most saturated cities are going to be New York and LA. You know, you could walk a couple blocks and find another place that sells the same brands, um, but they're not going to sell the same thing, which is really nice. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of that's a cool aspect to the brand. It's like depending on where you shop, you might get totally different pieces, which you which you really can't be said about pretty much any other brand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even of course, like Marnie is not necessarily a a brand where you're going to go and buy a lot of black and white. However, we have had clients in the past that their stores only sell black, white, ivory, gray, chocolate brown, navy, and that's it. And they'll buy a Marnie collection that way. Obviously, if you go shop Marnie at their store, you are not finding those same pieces other places because the average person is walking in and like, where's the yellow? Where's the purple? I want the bright colors, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it, is, it is interesting, but you know obviously you look at a brand and you think like, oh, this is the brand's aesthetic. However, that doesn't really mean anything because depending on how you style it or how you buy it, it changes the aesthetic completely. Definitely. And I mean, just from what I've been able to learn over the course of you know my early career, I can definitely say that's true. Probably one of my last questions is this, if you had to come up with your, because you want to get into styling, the perfect outfit made of Marnie pieces for you, like what would you what would you be wearing? Wow. Well, I have a bit of a uniform. Like my favorite, my favorite outfit is a dress and sneakers. And Marnie makes good, like amazing dresses. I have so many Marnie dresses. Yeah. So I do think I would have to say that. But also like I'm a big jacket girl. I've always, like I have to stop myself every year when I start ordering pieces for myself. I'm like, do I need another jacket? Probably not. I think five denim jackets is enough, but they all look <laughs> different. So why not? you know, and my coworkers kind of enable me, so it doesn't help. But I, I definitely think it would be for sure a dress. I'm like really into mid-calf, like knee length dresses, um, which I know is obviously from like a stamp, uh, the sexy standpoint, like it's not sexy necessarily, but I beg to differ. Sexy is not just short and tight. But anyway, I had a boyfriend once that told me I dressed like an Amish princess. And because um, right. I always wore long dresses, he always called me that. But like, I'm going to stand by that. I love, I love a dress and a sneaker. We have these sneakers called the Pablo sneaker are my favorite. They're like either in canvas or in leather. 
soon to be in Sherling, and they have this like super exaggerated toe cap where like if you look from the top your feet look crazy but if you look from literally any other angle they're sick and i have them in all over red like the sole and everything everything is red so i would definitely be wearing those definitely with a dress and then probably a jacket yeah i like sort of have a uniform i guess i never thought i'd be that person but i definitely am yeah i feel like i've kind of come to that uh in my style uh thank you again for you know coming on the podcast uh where can people follow you at to you know stay up to date with everything you're doing yeah absolutely well thank you again for having me um i already shouted out my tiktok if you want to see some styling vids but i'll just repeat it right. it's cheeks cheeks lee c-h-e-e-k-s-l-e-i-g-h um and then mainly instagram i think instagram is like where to find me and it's zoe lee z-o-e-y-l-e-i-g-h i'm not private like if you dm me i'm gonna respond to you like that's the type of person i am even if it's just like hey where'd you get those shoes or hey what app did you use to edit this or like literally whatever i respond to unless you're creepy please don't be creepy but unless you're (laughs) creepy i I pretty much respond to all my dms um so it's very much a, a happy open place to be um but yeah i you know like i have twitter but it's not worth following if i'm being honest Thank you again. This is really cool to learn more about, you know, everything that you guys are doing at Marnie. Uh, definitely one of the, you know, best brands out there. And honestly, the loafer is kind of up for shoe of the year right now. I know. I know. I remember, guys, you can get it. It'll be back in stores end of April, early May in all colors, men's and women's, all the sizes. We're going to have um perfect, perfect shoe to start out your hot girl summer or hot boy summer because we're both having hot summers this year. Yeah. <laughs> and Especially possibly if you're coming vaccinated. in Australia. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think I think that that'll be something that we might see, you know, maybe like next fall or even like in spring runway. For some reason we always have shearling in spring, but uh for sure it'll it'll remain in leather. And they do already exist in leather in yellow, white, black, blue, red. I mean they they're out there. You just got to look for them. Farfetch yeah. is a, a very happy place. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest interview. If you enjoy the content in the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media to stay updated on all new podcast episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at The Fashion Collector Podcast. You can follow my personal account at AlexWalkerPH. You can follow us on Twitter at TFC underscore pod. And with that being said, I'll catch you all next week. I don't want to talk if you're talking cheap. I got that chrome on me. You know I got the Rex on me. Swag like Saudi Arabia. Swagging on your whole life, B. Still got brick my feet. Money on, money on me. Money on, money on, money on me. Money on, money on me. Money on, money on, money on, money on me. Bitch, I drip my sleep. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. 
With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Fashion Collective. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fashion Collective.